gentlemen, welcome back to the Daily Dimensions Podcast. As always, I am your host, Smitty, back with another one, man. And today, I'm going to be showing you how to not have a toxic relationship with money. This episode is very important. Something that popped up, you know, the Super Bowl was yesterday. Me and a bunch of my friends and probably a bunch of people you know, too. FanDuel is legal here in Connecticut. DraftKings is legal here in Connecticut. Sports betting is a thing. The parlays was hitting. The pieces was hitting. It was money lost, money gained. And it just prompted me to be like, you know what? We need to talk about what our relationship with money is. I wouldn't say that I'm someone who likes to gamble. Um, I really don't like taking a risk on something I can't control. That's not really me, but I, I've been in that sphere. I can't say I haven't been out to Mohegan Sun and all the places and just let it roll. But um, it's not something I frequent. It's not something like, damn, I got to get out there. Like I'm itching to do it. I got to do it. I'm excited as fuck like it here and there right but for some people that can be a challenge some people that is um their vice if you will um and some people they have other issues with money and we're going to get into that but i just want to start off by acknowledging and just so we could set the foundation here for this episode is that a relationship with money is a real thing you know how you view money and how it plays out in your life is a real thing. Your mindset around money, finances, and your ability to talk about it, communicate about it, teach people about it, function with money properly. It is all a part of that relationship with you have with money. And it is a real thing. Um, somebody who very close to me, I, I learned this early on. They said to me that your relationship with money is most closely tied to your earliest memories of money. So I had to sit there and think to myself, what are some of my earliest memories with money? And as I, I sat and reflected and had that time, some of my earliest memories with money is one. <laughs> I think my first one was seeing my grandfather with money. He was the kind of person who was broke, but was never broke. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Like he ain't got the money, but he got the money. You might need it. And he got it, but he's not trying to let it go. He was a little tight with the wallet, man. But I remember seeing him and he would always have stacks of cash with rubber bands around it. So anytime I got money, I didn't even think about getting a wallet. I'm not like, yo, mom, I need a wallet. I was like, I need rubber bands. <laughs> you feel me? That was my mindset around money. I was like, I need rubber bands. This is how my money's supposed to look. I got to have the faces pointed a certain way. It's got to be this thick. They all got to be nice and crisp and clean. And that was my mindset around money in that regard. And then as I got older, I saw my dad with a wallet full of cash and it was a certain kind of wallet he had until this day. Uh, he ended up buying me that wallet that he had. I still use that wallet. I've not switched wallets. I've had that wallet since I was in like middle school has not switched, has not changed. That's the wallet. Um, and then my other memory from being young with money was, I don't know if y'all had this in y'all schools, but in my school, we had a junior achievement and junior achievement was lit. I don't know if anybody else cared as much as I did, but I was invested <laughs> and not only was I invested, but like a lot came out of it. They would come to our classrooms maybe like once a week or just random once a month or something like that. I don't know what it was, but they would come to our classrooms and just teach us about money. And as a kid, I'm like, I'm trying to get money. I'm trying to be like my grandfather with the stacks. I'm trying to be like my dad with the, you feel me? So that was my mindset. I had to have stacks of money. 
<laughs> that was the mindset. And they came in there and just changed my whole world. They was like, they taught us, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. They came into our classroom and taught us how to write checks. Now, granted, even though I've learned that skill, the way technology has moved and uh, finance is very digital. Financial technology is a thing. Um, I've never had to write a check in my life. I know how to do it. I learned it in like seventh, eighth grade, but it's kind of obsolete. Most of my bills are on auto pay. It just comes out of my account. I don't really see it. I check it to make sure it's accurate, but I don't really see it. Um, but not only did they teach me how to write a check, but at that age, they taught us about the stock market. And I don't know how many of my classmates paid attention. Again, I don't know how many of them really cared the way I did, but they created this competition. It was like a simulated stock market competition. And whoever won got two tickets to go see the Bridgeport Bluefish. And it was lit back then. That's when we actually cared and showed up to go see them play baseball. And the stadium was like kind of filled. Now, as you feel me, it's just a distant memory. That's crazy how time works, man. But. I ended up winning the competition. You feel me? We had to like invest in these companies and they would create scenarios of what happened with this company and that company. You could buy, you could sell. I won the whole thing, dog. <laughs> I won the whole thing. Yeah, no, I'm nice. And those simple things created the foundation of how I view money, interact with money, spend money, save money, all of that. Like that started then in that space because those were my earliest memories of money. All of them happened before I was able to have a job. You feel me? Able to make real money. And it's panned out in my life in a way where, um, again, still use the same wallet. Also I'm in the stock market, care about it a lot. Like I'm made money on it. Like I'm really in there and you can see where it's, it's created a solid foundation in who I am. Whereas not everybody's relationship with money is the same. Not everybody has those same memories with money. Some people, their early memories with money come from a place of pain, right? Uh, some people, and a lot of it comes from what your parents say to you. So if you grow up, let's say you're growing up in a, a poverty kind of environment and you're constantly hearing, oh, we can't afford that. Oh, we can't afford that. Uh, put that back, get the generic version or no, we can't shop there. We got to shop here. It's better over here. You know, and you're, you're like operating in that poverty mindset. Um, that's something that manifests itself as you get older and expresses itself in different ways. So for some people, if you're that person who, when you was a kid, you always heard, Oh, put that back. We can't afford that. Don't get this. Let's get that. Oh, you want a fruit loops and we got the fruit O rings instead. When you get older, a lot of people, it, it, it expresses themselves in a way where now I have to go buy everything that I couldn't have before. And now that I got a little piece of money now, now I got a little piece of a job. Now I have to go and give myself everything I didn't have before. And it creates this financial, this relationship with money, where it's like whatever I want, I have to get because I couldn't get it before. If I want it, I'm going to buy it. If I have the money, I'm going to spend it. If it's for me, it's for me and I'm going to go get it. And there's not a level of, um, restraint when it comes to your money. It's not a level of, okay, you know, let me save this. If this is a luxury I want, maybe I'll get it at this point. And it's like, no, if I want it, I get it. If those J's came out today, 
I'm getting them. When the next ones come out, I'm getting those two. When the Telfar bag come out, I'm getting that one. When the Gucci come out with this and all of that. And now you're just spending <laughs> and it becomes this crazy cycle. Or you become someone who uh, hoards your money because you're so used to not having money. And you you come from a place of, I don't know when I'm going to get this next dollar and, and money is really tight right now. Now you get a job and you start making money. And you don't spend it on anything like your, your, your pockets is zip tight, locked, master locked up and you don't spend any money. And, you know, you, you have a savings full of thousands upon thousands of dollars. But when we look around at your life to see where the money is flowing anywhere, it's not. You feel me? You still driving uh, <laughs> the, the, the 2005 and 2022 uh, <laughs> you only dress a certain way and all of that. And it's, it's one thing to be modest. You feel me? I'm not saying because you have money, you got to go out there and just buy brand new things. Like that's not the case at all. Don't take it that way. That's not what I said. I know y'all like to spend stuff, but what I'm saying is you choose not to spend on yourself because you're scared. If I let this money go, it won't come back to me. You know, now that I finally have this thing that I didn't have, I have to keep it forever. And when you start to really learn about money, you understand that money is a cycle. You have to release money to get money back. Uh, in our interview with LaRussell, right, he he dropped a gem on us and he said, uh, would you rather have 50 percent of a watermelon or 100 percent of a grape? Right. Sometimes you have to give up a little bit, a little piece of the pie to get more. And that's something that if you come from that mindset, that's your relationship with money. You don't, it's hard to wrap your mind around that concept, or you may understand it, but that fear, that fear of, I'm not going to get this money back just grips you and you don't let go of it. It's a, it's a real thing. So our earliest memories with money really shape our relationship with it. Um, and in some cases, right. Money is used to control people. There are a number of abusive relationships and abusive relationships aren't just domestic violence, but they're also financial abuse where you find yourself trapped in a relationship because you your partner forces you to be financially dependent on them or they manipulate you with money or they flaunt this money in front of you. And it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. And you know, we find ourselves teaching people from a young age. I've seen it in a number of people in my life and not in my life. Like I've just seen it where we teach people. Oh, yeah. You know, you may be in a relation. You may be with your husband. You may be with your wife. But keep this money right here in case it don't go right. And you got to have an escape plan with your money. And that even comes from a place of not even just a financial situation where it's like, okay, that comes from a place of pain. <laughs> you feel me? Cause the person who's teaching you that has gone through that. And now they're teaching you out of pain and not how to like operate effectively with money. Because if you had a healthy relationship with money before being in partnership with another person shouldn't sabotage that entirely. You know, like if you find yourself in a relationship with somebody where money like it got sabotaged entirely, I, you probably shouldn't have picked that person. That's another conversation. But um, teaching people out of pain is not a place where you want to teach people from. 
<laughs> it's not a place where you want to teach people from. Yes, you should have your own money. Yes, you should have some level of financial stability. You should always be in a place where if you didn't have your partner, you would still be able to land on your two feet. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. If you're not saying that people don't go through seasons where you need your partner, because that's absolutely true. And your partner should be there for you in that capacity. But if your partner disappeared today for some freak reason, you need to be able to be okay by yourself, dog. And that's on you to be in that space. But to come into it with a mindset of I have to be ready in case something goes wrong means you're not 100 percent invested in things going right. And y'all could agree or disagree on that. But if you're always prepared for something to go wrong, that is a trauma response. And you're probably used to everything going wrong. So now you're constantly living in defense and trying to be prepared for it. And you're even doing this with your money. And that's going to affect your actual relationships with actual people. Because then, you know, you see it all the time. Somebody find out you had an account we ain't know about or you got this money on the side. Are you doing this? And now it breaks a certain level of trust and you're keeping secrets from people and all these other things. And it's just not a good situation. You know, if you're like honest with each other, like, hey. Is my account. That's your account. We may have something that we share. Cool. But to come into it from a place of always protecting yourself, if you feel like you have to protect yourself with your partner, is that really a partner? You feel me? If you got to protect yourself with the people that you're choosing to do life with, even in a financial space, is that really a partner? Is that somebody you really want to do life with? And really, the answer is no. So, even in that regard, our relationship with money makes all the difference um, and how we view money makes all the difference. Uh, we talked earlier a little bit about gambling that even that right there, you know, that relationship with money, the addiction that comes with it, that thrill of just like, yo, I won, I won or I could do this again or I was so close. And even that just becomes a pain. I've seen people personally like lose everything through gambling, lose homes, lose cars, lose everything through gambling. And you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You know, what what is this providing me? Because you're not doing it for the money. Let's be real. You're if you find yourself in that addictive space or like you can't stop doing it, whatever. It's because it's providing something for you emotionally that you're missing something about the thrill and excitement that comes with winning or almost winning just keeps you coming back. And it's doing something for you emotionally. You feel me like that's just the symptom. We got to figure out what the root cause is. Why do you find yourself needing to be in this space all the time, spending everything you got trying to make a 30 leg parlay and turn $5 into 5 million. Like why, why do you keep finding yourself there? And it's because it's doing something for you emotionally that you need to figure out and rectify or you're in a bad financial situation and you're just trying to make $20 by tomorrow or whatever it may be. But regardless of what it is, throwing away money shouldn't be, 
shouldn't be recreational if we're being honest about it. Throwing away money should not be a recreational hobby. It shouldn't be something we do for fun. It shouldn't be something that we like. You feel me? That like the concept is crazy. Throwing away money for fun. It's wild to me. Um, so if you do find yourself in that space where you're struggling with it and you're dealing with addiction, definitely find that help. Um, I'll actually put a link to in the description. So like, yeah, find that. Um, but our relationships with money and that poverty mindset, that that addictive mindset that I got to protect myself mindset, it's all going to damage us in the long run and how we deal with money, what our finances ultimately look like. And truthfully, we have to get ourselves into a space where we understand a couple things. You know, we have to understand that one money is a tool. It's not something to fix you. It's not something to protect you. It's not something to make you happy. It's not something that, you know, like it's, it's a tool. It is just a tool to be used and that's it. It's not the end all be all. It's not something that you need to like spend your whole life in pursuit of. There's bigger things in life than money. Um, understand too, that you also need to challenge your upbringing because the people who taught you money, if they taught it to you out of a place of pain and not a place of success, then they're probably teaching you wrong. Um, there's pain is, is a teacher, but it's not the best teacher. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, so challenge your upbringing, challenge the, 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 the ways that people around you told you this is how money is supposed to work. Um, three, your financial situation can change just because it's rough right now. doesn't mean that it cannot change. You are in complete control and power to change it. And one hard truth we have to accept is a lot of our financial situations are the way they are now because of choices we made. Right. A lot of us want to think it's just our circumstance, but we made a choice <laughs> somewhere along the line. We made a choice to either buy this thing or not buy it to save this money or not save it to get this job, to not get this job, to advance the education and not advance the education. Granted, things happen in between. I get it. I understand it. But at the end of the day, there are some choices we made that we know we know. I know you know it that we could have changed and done differently. And a lot of where we are today in present time with our financial situation is the direct result of choices that we made and we have to own. Um, next thing, build a budget, learning how to budget will be your best friend. I promise you. And it's not complicated. You know, that's the last piece. Like it's not money is not complicated. We have to get rid of this idea that money is complicated. You know, we hear stocks, we hear IRAs and uh, mutual funds and we hear all these terms and like it can get overwhelming, especially when you're new in a job and you're like 403B, what's that? And all these different things. But money does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be super difficult. There is outlets out there. There are advisors out there. There are people in places that can really help you understand it. And once you get rid of that intimidation, once you get rid of that fear of stepping into that financial space, that's when you can really start to navigate that path towards financial freedom. You have to learn the, 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 the language. You have to learn the terms. You have to learn the game. You have to understand the flow and the cycle of money. And once you understand that, that's when you'll really fast track yourself to being stable. Um, being a hoarder of money 
means nothing um, because the dollar loses value every day. A hundred dollars yesterday is not the same as a hundred dollars tomorrow, especially when the price of everything is going up. Eggs is crazy right now. Um, so that that hundred dollars last week does not hold the same weight it does now. Um, so just hoarding money is not going to save you. You have to understand how to use money as a tool. Let it work for you. And we'll have an episode about that as well. I'll bring somebody on to talk about it. But money is a tool. Let it work for you. Let it happen. And understand that how you learned money is how not how you have to continue to use money. Step into a space where money is your friend. You're not hoarding it. You're not hiding it. You're not keeping it safe from nobody. And you're not out here just blowing it. FanDuel is not about to send you to the moon. <laughs> DraftKings is not about to send you to the moon. Stop it. Let it go. Move forward. And I want us all in the future and now and beyond, man, to step into that financial freedom. Understand these terms, educate ourselves on it and, and, and let this be a new beginning of how we handle money, how we deal with money and how we teach our family and our lineage about money. No longer will we be teaching from a poverty mindset, from a teaching from a place of lack, but we'll be teaching from a place of knowledge, experience and abundance. So appreciate y'all. Until next time, this is Daily Dimensions. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Love y'all tuning in. Peace.